Hello, and welcome back to Allegedly Astrology. Each week, we'll be breaking down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Dana, break down today's topic for us. Today, we're talking about Simone Biles, and then later, we'll be comparing her to tennis star Naomi Osaka. If you need a refresher, Simone Biles is the most decorated Olympic gymnast in history, at least on the women's side. She has, I think, probably in general, uh, she has 25 world medals, 19 gold medals, and is considered by many to be the greatest gymnast of all time. And recently, she surprised everyone by withdrawing from multiple events in the Tokyo Olympics, where she was widely favored to win gold in basically every event. So let's learn a little bit more about her background. So Simone is the third of four children. Both her and her siblings had a bit of a rocky Growing up, um, they were in and out of foster care until they were eventually adopted within their family. Her grandparents took her and one of her sisters, and then her aunt took the other two older children. And then when she was six, she tried gymnastics for the first time during a daycare field trip. And the coach was just like, yo, this kid needs to be in the sport. So I think, I don't know if it was a man or a woman, but they wrote a letter home and literally was like, please put her into gymnastics. Um, So what are her big three? Okay, so Simone was born on March 14th, 1997 in Columbus, Ohio at 1230 a.m. And she's a Pisces sun, a Gemini moon, and a Sagittarius rising. And so the first thing that jumps out to me with uh, these placements is that they're all mutable signs. And whenever someone's big three is comprised of the same modality, that means they have significant placements in angular houses, which is significant when delineating a chart. It indicates a strong chart and it tells you a lot about other things that we don't have time to get into right now. (laughs) But anyway, Pisces sons are intuitive and they have big dreams. They're considerate of others and they often have like a very humanistic point of view. Gemini moons are emotionally intelligent uh, and quick on their feet. They tend to intellectualize emotions better than they can feel them, but they always know what's up with themselves and usually what's up with the people around them. And Sagittarius risings are optimistic, like gregarious and super funny. Um, She has a great sense of humor and loves to like try new things or like be the first to go somewhere, see something. Um, And in Simone's case, obviously, like she's the first to do a bunch of skills. Oh, yeah, she really is. Um, You know, back to her childhood, she spent most of her time training and it eventually got to the point where she was homeschooled so she could really max out on her time in the gym. And it appears that work paid off because in 2013, she just crushed the world championships, really broke out on the scene, became the first female African-American athlete to win gold in the all around. Um, Simone is obviously an incredibly talented athlete. So, you know, I love to ask. Um, So I can make sure my future children have this in their chart. What indicates like a crazy athletic ability? So Simone has Pluto exactly conjunct her Sagittarius rising and Pluto is a planet of control and the rising is like our physical body. And Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, which is the planet of going big. Um, And she has her Gemini moon on her descendant in close opposition to her Pluto ascendant conjunction. So the moon also relates to our physical bodies in astrology and in game charts, the descendant is your opponent. So this kind of illustrates like a confluence between how she like masters her competition because she's already mastered herself. And so she's like her only own competition. And that's how like she just knows that. And then it gets crazier uh, because she has Mars retrograde in Virgo conjunct her north node and on her midheaven. Um, And the nodes are eclipse points. And the north node is kind of like the north point on a compass. It's a destiny point. Not so much like who will we will become, but for sure, like significant events that will take place in our lives. Um, and in a wow. way, sometimes who we will become because those affect us, right? Uh, and who we become. 
And Mars is the planet of power and aggression and retrograde planets are like all the way turned up. All the way turned up. You know that song? <laughs> that's, so that's um, a retrograde planet. And if you listen to our Chicago Bulls episode from season one, you might remember that Michael Jordan also has his natal Mars retrograde, but in Leo. But back to Simone. Um, her Mars is in Virgo and Virgo is a sign of precision and perfection. And um, I almost feel like she knows how to do more than anyone because she knows how to actually like pull back and self-contain. So she's like, trust herself in a way like she's per- she's so into perfection, but also Virgo is they're not like trying to do stuff that they don't think is possible. Right. So she's like, it's always about like pulling back. Which is crazy because she's done so many things that uh, so many people thought were impossible. Right. So, but it's interesting, the dichotomy between like a Mars retrograde in Virgo, which is like she gravitated towards gymnastics, which is all about like precision, like like a teeny tiny mistake can like just take off like crazy deductions, like stepping out of that tiny little box on the floor or something. But then like Michael Jordan's Mars retrograde in Leo, which is like so much more like stunty. And like, it's just funny, like the different sports that they might have even like found themselves in based on how that is. I don't know. I just see that as as a little different. In terms of like self-mastery, like having the four, she has planets in all four mutable signs, right? So Mm. it's kind of like she is hitting all points of a square. So she gets herself is always like, you know, it's the same like internal conflict, but also then the mastery of that. Yeah. Fascinating. I love that Mars and Virgo. Um, the next few years are Simone crushing like every gymnastic event ever. And she even turns down going to UCLA to instead turn pro. And at this point, it's the 2016 Olympics in Rio. And she's one of Team USA, which at that time they were calling themselves the Final Five. And they were called the Final Five. (laughs) Dana's a big gymnastics fan. Um, (laughs) They were called the Final Five because it was Marta Caroli's last Olympics ever, which was a big deal because Marta was a coach for Team USA Gymnastics Forever, um, married to Bella Caroli, um, who's also a very famous coach. If you think uh, the man who was cradling Carrie Strug (laughs) after her one-legged vault, that's that guy. But uh, the name also signaled a recent change to the Olympics because from now on, Olympics gymnastic teams would be four people instead of five, which was a, a big deal. Yeah. When all is said and done that year, Simone wins four gold medals and a bronze. Um, one gold is team and then all the rest are individuals. So she's really just kicking everyone's ass. This Olympics was huge for Simone. It was like her breakout on the world stage. So what was going on um, in her chart back in 2016? So when they won in August 5th, 2016, a lot interesting was going on in her chart. The moon in Virgo crossed the moon's midheaven when she won gold. And so the moon is what materializes like any sort of planetary energies or metaphors onto Earth. And so it's the only planet whose effect is actually studied and proven by, you know, real scientists and like wow. even fishermen. And, you know, so many people rely on the moon for things other than astrology. And then the midheaven relates to our legacies and like who we are in public. Um, and Jupiter was transiting Virgo this year too. So Jupiter is expansion and going big and Mars is again, power. So it's enhancing her ability when it touches her, because Jupiter is touching her Mars, uh, or like reflecting that she has more access to her own physical power than ever before. And Jupiter is also luck, but always, and especially in Virgo, it cannot always like give luck magically or like, it doesn't just like give it where it hasn't necessarily been earned or, you know, worked for. Mm -hmm. Um, and Simone is also in her nodal return that year. And this is when the nodes return to the signs they were when you were born and nodes are eclipse points. Mm -hmm. Uh Mm -hmm. And eclipses are 
the triggers are like the wormholes that change our lives forever. And in Simone's case, she went from like being famous to the gymnastics world to being famous to the whole world. And so nodal returns will always like mark a significant era or like a switch between two significant eras in someone's life. Nodal returns so far are the theme of season yeah. three. Um, but if we fast forward a few more years and a global pandemic, we're now at the Tokyo Olympics. Simone is now 24 years old and everyone thinks she's going to crush it. 24 is kind of old in the gymnastics world. So sure. the fact that not only was she going to be like a, you know, a dark horse or like an upset if she was just like the flat out favorite. And she was really seen also as the face of these Olympic games. Like in past Olympics, people would associate you know, Michael Phelps or Usain Bolt. But this was the year like everyone was watching Simone. She was in every single ad campaign. She was like dancing with minions and driving (laughs) Chevys. And like you couldn't see you couldn't see any ad for the Olympics that basically didn't feature Simone Biles. Simone and the rest of Team USA Gymnastics head to the prelims. And the prelims are the preliminaries. And it's a competition you have to get through in order to make it to the finals and win a medal. So just because you make it to the Olympics doesn't mean you actually get to compete for a medal, which is, you know, that's why I have to realize it's hardcore out there. Yeah. You have to realize. <laughs> Before going to the Olympics, you have to realize. <laughs> when people, like, when people get sad, you see, like, those those Japanese athletes apologizing for getting silver medals. It's like, it's so amazing no, you what? even got to compete for a medal, let alone win one. Like, it's so wild. Anyway, it's incredible. So the team is putting in work, but they're making errors that they don't normally do. Simone also looks kind of like off her game and gets a bunch of deductions for stepping out of bounds and not sticking her landing. So it kind of looks like messy mistakes. And people are just kind of like, um, what is happening? Yeah. And this all results in Team USA coming second behind Russia, which in this Olympics, it was referring to itself as ROC, the Russian Olympic Committee because they're a country of commie cheaters that were banned from the Olympics. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but they're no, a country. No, but they were. That's they were it. commie I, cheaters. I'm sorry. I looked it up and I was like, why are they called that? And then I read that. And I was like, yeah. no, bitch, you got banned. You can't make up like a fake country. So you're. I think that's fair. The athletes shouldn't be punished for like. Yeah, I agree. I agree that the athletes and Sarah, like in the history books, it will not say that Russia had got any medals from this Olympics, which is all Russia cares about is like their own. You know what I mean? So it makes me feel a little bit better. You know, Putin has like a blood engraved Olympics book that he is tallying every medal that Russia has won under his regime. Blood engraved. That's hilarious. All right. But anyway, I believe it. So this country is technically banned from the Olympics for a few years because they violated rules about steroids because, like I said, commie cheaters. But uh, back to Team USA, it's a big deal because this is the first time in 11 years that USA Gymnastics wasn't number one at a world championships or the Olympics, and you know how much we hate losing to Russia. Yes. Not okay. Simone, despite not having the best day, still comes in first because she's a machine. And after that, she goes on social media to say, like, you know, yesterday sucked, but I'm ready to, like, start again, put it all behind me. But that doesn't exactly happen because a few days later, she announces she's withdrawing from the team competition and everybody just starts, like, freaking out because what is even happening? Yeah, it really blindsided people. It was a little ambiguous at first, like, 
She didn't look outwardly hurt, so everyone was like, what's going on? So Dana, why don't you tell us what was going on on that day? Well, actually, I mean, there's a ton to say about this chart that really helped me understand what was going on with her that, like, I didn't really at first. I wasn't, like, I'm always on Simone's side because I'm a, a huge Simone fan. I do think she's the best of all time, and I love greatness. Like, I love Michael Jordan, too. <laughs> um, and so, anyway, though, beyond my love, uh, Neptune retrograde in Pisces was applying in conjunction to her IC. So this is basically like Neptune is crossing her IC backwards. Um, and so Neptune is fog and mystery. And it's like when you laminate something that you colored in crayons in kindergarten and then the image is distorted. Did you guys do that? I know what you're talking about. No. So anyway, for people who've done that, they understand other everyone else is probably like, wow, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Whatever. <laughs> um, but that's how Neptune transits often feel. They like laminate and like obscure. Um, and so the IC is the deepest part of the soul. It stands for Imam Coli. And it speaks to who we are when we're alone with ourselves. And so like we know Simone is strong. I think she's superhuman, which may be unfair to her. But looking at this, I think like it's kind of obscuring her usual superhuman abilities or who she thinks she is. It's like fogging sort of this connection uh, with herself, like how she roots down. And then the moon in Pisces crossed her IC that day too. And so just like the moon in Virgo crossed her midheaven the day she won gold, it's kind of like bringing this aspect into like a more of a material reality. And then the nodes are applying in her to her ascendant and descendant and with the south node on her first house. And the south node is like a drain. So it's kind of like draining her perspective because the first house is like your perspective. And so the May 26th lunar eclipse in Sagittarius was conjunct her ascendant with the sun then conjunct her descendant. So she's kind of, so this like, on one hand, like it might seem bad or scary that this happened, but like it's not going to render her incapable of what she's already capable of. Like the rising in the first house is how we see ourselves and how like, we see the world around us kind of and like how we expect ourselves to behave in those regards. And so when Simone tweeted that, like, she never really felt like she was more than her own accomplishments until she received the, like the outpouring of support from the world in regards to withdrawing. That's how I think the eclipse kind of affected her. It sort of like materialized that like a reality to her that like she was beyond what she had accomplished. Like because like the ascendant is the perspective and the moon is like your emotions It like it materialized for her like a new perspective and emotions, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it's it's honestly crazy, and I I'm just so I'm just trying to like picture what she could, or like imagine what she could have felt like because this seems so confusing, and so yeah. she must have been like I don't know, must have been really hard for her to make that choice. Well, also it's so Pisces, and like to me, she's just getting like rocked by these trans. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and also like Pisces and Neptune, like. They're so like, well, to me, Pisces, so emotional. Like it's kind of like you're swept up in all this like weirdness and knowing that she has a Gemini moon to me, like I'm sure she was like trying to like figure out like what exactly is happening. But in this case, like I just felt like you're in a wave of like ayahuasca, basically like Mm, you can't escape it. So like you can't even rationalize your way out. You kind of have to like, you don't even know why. And I think it is really nice then that like how Dana brought up the tweet like about the outpouring of support because I felt like that's something else the transit gave her was like this emotional tie to like this very like physical, rational, perfect thing she normally is used to doing. And I think this speaks a lot to her character too. Though she isn't competing, she still cheered on her teammates, which to me is real. I it would be really hard for me to do because I'd just be yeah. thinking about how it should have been me out there stealing all their medals. Um, <laughs> but people are still confused as to like what's happening because for the first time, this tank of a gymnast isn't performing 
how the public assumes she will, and the public does not like that normally. And there was some light foreshadowing to her Olympic performance, because shortly before the game, Simone made a bunch of unusual errors um, at the Olympic trials and but she still came in first place so no one like was really talking about it probably because like like you said face of the Olympics everyone just like wanted to see her win gold and nothing else yeah so reporters started asking like yo what's your deal why are you withdrawing and this is when Anyone that never did any significant tumbling after the age of eight was introduced to this concept of the twisties. Yes, the twisties, or sometimes called the yips. Um, it's okay, a, the yips are hilarious to me. It's as hilarious. Some like golf dude like came up with it when he like all of a sudden couldn't make like any short putts. <laughs> um, so it's a psychological and physical, I just want to point that out because it's, it's a psychological and physical phenomenon where you lose a sense of air awareness while you're trying to twist your body in the sky. In the sky? <laughs> yeah, it sounds higher. Air awareness, or it's sometimes called air sense. It's a term very familiar to gymnasts, but to us normal humans who don't fling our bodies around. It means that you have the ability to know where you are in the air because then you know how much time you have to reach the floor. Right. And as a gymnast, you obviously need air awareness. And as spectators, we kind of gloss over this, but gymnastics has an extremely high injury rate and not to be a little Debbie Downer, but like most of the stunts can severely injure or kill you if you just like land like a centimeter wrong. And so if you have the twisties, your brain and your body lose track of where they are in the air and you don't figure out where the ground is until you just like slam into it. So like imagine us, like if you get a neck injury, you could break your neck, like not even just be paralyzed, but like die. Yeah. All these gymnasts are doing all these things we kind of like take advantage of them for. Like we assume like you know, they're, I think it's hard, like, we forget that they're literally, like, doing all these flips and twisting in the air, and it's kind of like this feat of physics, but even if you think about, like, you spin around in a chair yourself, or, like, even right now, if you decided, like, if you're not driving a car, maybe turn around a few times, see what happens, you're going to feel disoriented. <laughs> if you, or if you are driving a car. <laughs> um, but if even if you never, like, spin around in a circle, like, you know, you're going to start to feel dizzy. So for these gymnasts to be able to do these tricks, they can't just use their eyes. They have to like basically have this sense of where their body is in the air. And this is really important because if you're a really elite gymnast, then you're able to kind of adjust your position while you're in the air, flipping around, or even decide to like change your skill so you could land safely. Yeah. Okay. So I talked to one of my friends, um, college roommate who's a gymnast and also a gemini moon like simone shout out kathleen and she said that the twisties isn't like just when you're twisting it can also be when you're flipping but it's like different for everyone and you have a feeling of not being able to control your body in the air so it varies person to person how long it lasts but like basically you have to retrain yourself and go back to the most basic skills like in drills and so it's just kind of like it's difficult to explain wow retraining yourself after all that fucking training sounds terrible but (laughs) Um, Simone has been described by some of her coaches as having incredible air sense slash awareness, which is why she's able to attempt and land tricks that are hard or nearly impossible for other gymnasts to do. So during the competition, we could kind of see stuff was off because she was sort of what they call bailing out of her routines, which means like she would do like one flip instead of three, um, which was just 
causing her to land weird and just it wasn't the normal Simone we're used to seeing. And so I'm wondering like what in her chart could indicate that this sort of moment was upon us. Okay, so in annual perfections, she's in a first house year. Um, and this is kind of a year where like it's about like your perspective changing or like, you know, it has to do with you yourself. And the South Node is crossing her ascendant, which is like, you know, the loudest to me. Uh, and so this year is about adjusting her perspectives for her like adult life because she's 24 now. And the eclipse happening in her first house that I talked about before uh, on her ascendant like indicates a major shift in perspective, which is largely uh, uh, tied to our mental health, right? Our perspective often has to do with mental health. And then also Saturn was conjunct her lot of spirit. Um, and Saturn is a planet of discipline and restriction and caution. And the lot of spirit is calculate a calculated point using the sun, moon and rising. And it has like symbolic correlation to the sun and speaks to what we are able to achieve and where we can affect change in our lives. Um, and Simone's lot of spirit is conjunct her Jupiter and Aquarius, which is the planet uh, that her sun and rising both answer to being in Pisces and Sagittarius respectively. So this is sort of like a restraint on her usual action and way of being. I also feel like spirit too is like, that's how you look at what your career, like what will happen in your career and like releasing. So I feel like Saturn being on it is going to like, for this, it's going to show like her career, there's going to be like some sort of restriction on it. And she's literally like a pro gymnast. And the first house being activated, like this girl did not have a chance. <laughs> I know. And <laughs> also like, you know, she processed the trauma of Larry Nasser later than some of her teammates. And she like, admitted that for a long time she didn't think that this could have this happened to her and then it kind of all hit her at once and so like she was in between that olympics the 2016 where you know she killed it she busts into the scene and this there's five years that went by right because the olympics were delayed because of covid like there, think of all like the trauma she was like processing during that time and then I feel like it all kind of like bubbles up to the surface and you can't like predict when that will happen to you so the Olympics continue on and Simone is being evaluated to see if she can compete in individuals um she actually qualified for the finals on all four apparatuses but unfortunately day after day we would get news that she had withdrawn and by the end she would withdraw from the all around the vault bars and floor yeah, and that was like, that was a hard week. It was just like every day you were hoping that today was going to be the day that she, you know, and she didn't pull out of all the events at once. She like really took it day by day because I think she was really hoping that she could overcome what was happening to her. But she did go on to say that she did not quit. Like that wasn't what was happening, but just her mind and her body were not in sync. And she, it was very, that made it very dangerous for her to compete. And, you know, while you know, USA Gymnastics was like pretty supportive of her and, um, you know, wanting to protect her. Um, but also probably because they had no other choice and their PR reputation was shattered and it's about time they protect their fucking athletes. So <laughs> I know Simone, you know, while USA Gymnastics has been supportive of her, she has had a lot of really strong feelings against them. And so I'm just curious, like what their relationship between those two are. You can always tell your relationship to anyone else by just looking at your own chart. And that's kind of what I'm doing here with USA Gymnastics because they are having their Saturn return, right? Whoa. So they formed in 1963 when Saturn was in Aquarius. And so I thought it was was a very Karen, uh uh-huh. But yeah, so they're having their Saturn return. um, And like, so what does that mean for them? I don't know. There's probably so much behind the scenes that we'll never know about. But from what we do know, I think it's sort of like having to remember that this is a team sport and it's about athletes. It's about the team and... 
they can't just like put all their pressure hoping to one athlete to win gold for them. Like, cause of course they are, you know, so supportive of her. She's the best. Like, <laughs> it's not like, you know, anything else. Right. It's not like it's, they're supportive of her because she is their brand yeah, right like, now. And so she's incredible. And so also like, I kind of think of it cause I have a metaphor for everything. Like Torrance and bring it on when like they win second place fairly <laughs> and squarely. That's kind of, it's a very flawed metaphor, but it's kind of how I feel like this year was for them. If they're going to be any sort of like honorable or graceful about it. I think Torrance is the best way to be. <laughs> so just when we thought all was lost, Simone announces that she's going to compete Woo-hoo! on the balance beam. And she ends up winning a bronze, which like damn girls, yes! she got the same thing at Rio. So it's like after all of this, she basically got the same thing that she got, you know, last time around, which is this is obviously a huge back for her. So what's happening on this day? Okay, so she won on August 3rd, 2021, and Jupiter had retrograded back into Aquarius on July 28th. And again, Jupiter is Simone's time lord because Jupiter rules Sagittarius, which is her rising and first house, and she's in her first house perfection year. So Jupiter retrograding back into the house where it is in her natal chart is like one Whoa. last go around to get things to like tie up loose ends, you know, get things right. That's like, we so have, right? crazy. Can you believe it? A little I bit of a control. I when you said that. When I saw <laughs> Jupiter retrograded back, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> but also that's crazy on july 28th once right, again so it's like recharging the power she knows she has and then plus it was also her monthly lunar return where the moon returns to the sign and degree it is in your birth chart uh and so i feel like every episode we do has some sort of like you know little theme weaving through it for this one i think it's how important the moon is in terms of like materializing a certain aspect or transit into your daily life and so for simone the lunar return is kind of like restoring her confidence and her ability to achieve like these physical feats Holy shit. Which is also crazy that it's like, you know, the metaphor of like the the one she came back to was not only like the hardest one, especially for probably if you are suffering from this yes. twisties phenomenon, like it's the balance being like the hardest, most like, you know, the, uh, the ability to get hurt on that one. Yeah. Like it's crazy. And that Bridget, she chose the that The commentator one. kept saying how the beam is the most mentally trying. It is. It has to be. So it's like, I just feel like if she picked, and I don't know if she picked it or just that day and whatever, but like the fact that she came back to the hardest one, kind of returned to her former glory, like Sarah said, winning that bronze again and like sort of restoring balance to herself. It's just like so fucking meta. You know, at the end of the day, Simone withdrawing from her Olympic events raised awareness about the toll competitive sports can take on an athlete's psyche. Um, But she was not the first person this year to raise awareness for mental health. Um, A few months before the Olympics, tennis star Naomi Osaka made headlines for her own struggles with mental health. So let's learn a little bit more about her. So if you are new to her, as I have been, because I don't tennis and I guess I live under a rock um Naomi Osaka (laughs) is a Japanese pro tennis player she's honestly not one to mess with she's a four-time Grand Slam singles champion and is the current champion at the U.S. Open and the Australian Open Yes, and Naomi was also ranked number one in women's tennis and was the first Asian player ever to hold that rankings in singles In addition to being an amazing athlete, Forbes listed her as the top paid female athlete and has a ton of endorsements with big name brands like Levi's, Sweetgreen, and Louis Vuitton. Honestly, chic for her. So let's get 
into her background a bit. Naomi grew up in Japan. She has a Haitian father and a Japanese mother. And she also has an older sister who also played tennis. Um, When she was three, they moved to the U.S. so she could train. And when she was 16, she started destroying lives in tennis and making a name for herself. Um, She eventually even beat Serena Williams in the U.S. Open. Which was crazy. And, you know, especially because the Williams sisters had a huge impact on her childhood. Her dad was actually inspired to teach Naomi and her her sister how to play tennis after seeing um, how uh, the Williams sisters and their dad sort of like coached them. And it was was kind of the inspiration for how he raised his family. We don't know or have this information right now, but judging from just knowing that, what would we guess his... His sign is oh my God. a Virgo, a lot of Virgo. Or Gemini, because he sees something and wants to replicate it. Oh, mm, interesting. She would practice tennis all day, and then she was homeschooled at night. So now that we have like a vibe about her and her life, what are her big three? Uh, well, we don't know her rising because we don't know what time she was born, but she was born on October 16th, 1997 in um. Fuoku, Osaka in Japan. She has a Libra sun and Aries moon, which means that she was born on an Aries full moon. And this full moon indicates like a sort of struggle between identity and cooperation for the native, for Naomi. And so it's like about learning when to pick her battles. It's like probably a major theme in her life. And then it's possible that she internalizes struggles with other people because the Libra sun understands herself through relationship to others. And then the Aries moon needs to like external, needs no external validation. Like an Aries moon validates itself. And so like it seeks she seeks what she wants without shame. Um, but then there's like a dissonance between these two things, right? Like needing to understand yourself through other people and cooperate and then also like needing to go what after what you what is like yours already in your head. Yeah, this is that's that's a tough one for sure. But, you know, she does remind me a little bit of our other favorite Aries moon. Rihanna. Yeah. Riri. Work, yes. work, 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 work. Yeah, exactly. Like they don't they they validate their goddamn selves. It's pretty amazing. So um does she have anything to indicate that she'd also be so good at sports? And if she has Mars retrograde, I'm gonna scream. No, but she does <laughs> Damn. have she has a Sagittarius stellium with Venus, Mars, and Pluto. And so Sagittarius is like the sign of sports and friendly competition. Uh they're super active, love to play games like uh the Libra sun is ruled by Venus. The Aries moon is ruled by Mars. So her, you know, her Sag Venus rules her sun. Her Sag Mars rules her moon. And so both are controlled and like, so to speak, by the friendly, like fun, optimistic energy of Sagittarius. But also Pluto here changes the game a little bit and intensifies like this usually jolly sign. It can make competition feel higher stakes for her than it would otherwise. Or like maybe all of her internal struggle gets channeled through this like psycho Pluto placement. Ooh, yeah. And in addition to her athletic ability, it was starting to become known that she's also very hard on herself. Well, that's where what Dana was saying, that it's sort of like a usual, you know, you think of optimistic energy, but she's definitely like, seems very like reserved and, you know, has, she seems like her harshest critic. And she even admitted that, you know, she is pretty negative and credited her coach to help her develop a little bit more patient and optimistic mindset while she's playing. This is important to keep in mind because now we're at the French Open. For you non-sports or tennis fans out there, the French Open is one of the big uh, four Grand Slam annual tennis tournaments. That would be the U.S. Open, French Open, Wimbledon, Australian Open. But anyway, the French Open rolls around and Naomi says she's not going to go to the press conferences that athletes have to go to after they play because she wanted to protect her mental health. 
And she essentially said that the questions they ask her again and again are not only annoying, but they also bring her doubt. And she doesn't want to subject herself to that, like when she's trying to get in like competition mode. And the French Open officials were like, um, no. So they just fine her. Yes. And fines in tennis are pretty typical. John McEnroe would get a ton um, because he was kind of a psycho. But other athletes have definitely gotten fined before and it's kind of whatever. But what really drew attention to this fine was that like officials from all over tennis made a statement saying that she could be suspended and get even more penalties if she didn't go to press conferences. So this wasn't just like French people being dicks. Like what she did, what she just did. Just like Russians like, are cheaters, French are dicks. Yes. <laughs> what she did was like scary enough to the entire like tennis federation that like they made a joint statement, which like doesn't happen often Naomi just withdrew she was like oh bye so congrats French Open the star of the sport that people are watching your boring sport for no offense tennis fans um I think um she didn't even play so you played yourself given the situation I would love to know the relationship between Naomi and the French Open Okay, so the French Open was founded in 1891 uh, which is simply a crazy year in astrology because Neptune and Pluto were conjunct in Gemini And this conjunction happens roughly every 492 years, to give you guys some perspective. The next conjunction won't happen until 2385. Um, And so aside from how crazy that is, uh, Neptune is obscurity and Pluto is intensity. So having these two energies inextricably tied together is like pretty wild for an organization. Um, And Naomi was born with Pluto and Sagittarius, which is opposite Gemini. So she was born during the Pluto opposition for the French Open. And Pluto, again, is all about power dynamics and like making things weird for people who don't oblige. But uh, the opposition prevents, like, presents a for- formidable fight, right? Like, Naomi has the capital and the, to, like, pay the fine. She's a formidable opponent for them. And she does as she pleases. So, like, they actually wield no power over her. I mean, in a way, like, of course, there's always some sort of, like, give and take in a, any sort of power struggle. Yeah. But, you know, she's crazy. The- so a few months go by and Naomi goes to the Olympics. But unfortunately, she's upset in the third round, which people are like, what is happening? So yet again, we have someone who's another young face of the Olympics, not meddling, you know, not performing the way they expected her to. Yeah. And that was a big deal because she actually, even though she mostly grew up in the in the States, you know, she has always chosen to play for Japan. Like, you know, she had the choice because she has dual citizenship. And so she always has played under the Japanese flag. So she was like not only representing, you know, she was coming back after this big French Open, but like she was playing for like her home country in Japan at the Olympics. So it was like the stakes were really high. Um, So what's happening in her chart that day? There are a few things going on that could like indicate loss. Uh, The first is that the South Node is conjunctor Venus, which rules her son, a.k.a. how she shines in the world. And then the south node is an eclipse point, which, you know, acts as a drain, like I've said. And it's often about hard lessons and sort of like things you can't always see coming. Damn. And then also Pluto uh, is conjunct her Neptune and Capricorn, which is like intensifying whatever is already hazy for her. So it can make like a person feel like, I mean, it's a great aspect for art. So if that's happening to you, do some art. But athletically, <laughs> it might like feel like your powers are like out of control, you know? Yikes. Yeah, that was really unfortunate, but it was, you know, this kind of brings us back to Simone because Simone and Naomi, A, they were like the ones to watch in this Olympics, but, you know, they really opened people's eyes to athletes' mental health and just how far they're willing to put themselves at risk to meet the expectations that the public and their coaches and their teammates have for them. So 
I wonder, like, let's get the to, to the two of them. Like, do they have anything similar happening in their charts? Uh, yeah. Uh, so they're both born in 1987. And they're both experiencing their Jupiter return. And oh, the Jupiter boy. return is a time when your power is, like, recharged and you see things and yourself and your goals in a new light. And Simona's already in her first house year, but Naomi is still in her 12th house year. And so the first house year is, like, being born again, like an eye-catching emoji. Um, and then the 12th <laughs> house year is kind of, like, being the dark, like a... The Blink-182 song, Nobody Likes You When You're 23. Those are the vibes. And so Jupiter is also an extremely significant placement for both of them since Jupiter rules Sagittarius and Pisces where they both have a concentration of planets. So whatever is going on with Jupiter at any point in time will like affect them. There's um, been a lot of talk about the shift both of these women have created in their individual sports. So we went from Carrie Strug, who was a gymnast in the 1996 Olympics competing on the vault on a broken ankle. Even though I like have learned... But she didn't need to do that. Like, they had already won. It doesn't lessen Simone's, like, mental health. I'm on both of their sides. I'm just saying. Carrie Strong is a fucking American hero. (laughs) You also just have something, like, with sports. Like, like the idea of, like, a sports athlete that performs very high. Like, you have, like, a very, like, an allegiance to, like, even the way you just talked about it. Yeah, you literally talked about (laughs) Carrie Strong. Like, like the vision you have of her in your head, like cannot be wrong like and you don't even know her <laughs> like but I'm you not, talked like, about I'm... it with such conviction that it's like <laughs> oh you mean my best friend carrie Strug? yeah i'm not saying like she, she landed a vault on one yeah, ankle she's like not, she's not an american hero nobody said that dana <laughs> we literally Ooh, said crying. she might have been forced into doing it <laughs> And yes, it resulted in her American heroics, but she was probably fucking terrified of doing it. She didn't think she had a choice, all right? Doesn't make her any more or less of a hero. It's just now Simone Biles cannot do something and also be a hero. Beautiful. Which I think is the whole point of all of this because these athletes are out here like drawing attention to the shifting power dynamics in sports. And this is like a huge... Like, we're going to remember this cusp of what is happening for a long time. And if you think about it, it's like not only these athletes, but think about the NCAA, all of those college athletes finally getting the power to make money instead of just being like workhorses for their schools. Like they people are finally athletes are getting the power back in their own hands. And that's why organizations like the Tennis Federation, the French Open are shaking in their fucking little like louis vuitton boots because they can't have control anymore and so you know it's always the leagues that have had the power athletes have to fall in line if they wanted to get paid but you know the world is like experiencing a huge shift right now and athletes just like can't stay silent about issues they care about whether it's their own struggles or civil rights or you know any like you name it so i just wonder like what is the Is there, Dana, like a societal shift happening that, you know, in the sports world, but, you know, in general? Um, It could be like the great conjunction happening in Aquarius, where that's really what's shifting to make things like all online. Aquarius is a lot about technology. Um, It's also more about like it's like about it's cerebral as opposed to Earth, which is about like money and like kind of like material. Right. So like like being more interested in mental health than about making money with the last great conjunction was in Taurus in 2000, 2001, one of those years. But, um, and so, like, it's just, like, a shift from, like, Taurus is, like, the sign about, you know, like, it's about finance, it's making money, it's about individual uh, material security. Aquarius is about collective, like, thought. It's, like, a thought sign. So, 
it's like that's the shift of the world like i think it's going to be kind of like a, a dystopia for a little bit to be honest which i mean surprise surprise it's already happening but, yeah um but yeah i do think that it's like to do with more with like it's more on like the brain plane than on like the you know bank plane that sounds so corny but it's true well, I just feel like we are experiencing an exciting shift in sports. We got to give major kudos to Simone and Naomi for doing hard things that, you know, were probably really scary decisions to make, especially for y- young women, um, especially young women of color. So we got to really hand it to them and we're proud of them. And we're excited to see what these, what impact, what greater impact these leave, this leaves on sports. So any last thoughts, Sarah? Dana? I love greatness. Ha! Yes, that is clear. <laughs> Dana is loves greatness. <laughs> and you know what's not great? Jeffrey Epstein and Julian <laughs> Maxwell. <laughs> nope. And that's what we're going to be talking about next week. You know, we're fascinated by this situation. And we are so excited to talk about this topic that we are bringing on a very special guest to do a deep dive with us on this one. So you better, you know, subscribe, like us, follow us, <laughs> so you can uh, know which guests we're talking about. It's all a conspiracy to get you guys to follow us. Yes. Um, so please leave us a five-star review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen on and conspire with us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Conspire with us to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and DM us a screenshot of your review so that we'll make you a custom meme of your big three and send you a write-up. You won't regret it. Yes. And follow us. You know the drill at this point. Allegedly <laughs> astrology on Instagram, Reddit, and Hey Hero, and allegedly Astro, it's shorter, on Twitter. I'm Elise. I'm Dana. And I'm Sarah. And this is Allegedly Astrology.